that you, Lord God, would be the substance of everything that's said and that you would get all the glory when we're done here. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name and everyone say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Just greet a couple people before you grab your seats this morning. Tell them welcome to church. May I tell you, I thought Pastor Eben wanted to preach this morning. He sounds like he wants to preach. And, um, the, you know, he always tells his story about that, that horse. And um, the thing about it is, usually when he tells it, he, he talks about the fact that the horse couldn't poop. That's, that's what he focuses on. I've never heard before that the horse couldn't uh, eat. I always heard the horse couldn't poop. And that he would, you know, he prayed for the horse and the horse pooped. You know, he prayed for, and uh, so one time where he was sending a story to this guy, um, and um, the guy said, man, it sounds like you started a ministry. And I thought to myself, it sounds more like a movement. <laughs> that was good right there, was it? That's pretty good right there. Amen. Man, there's a movement going on. Hallelujah. You know, um, before I, before I start today, I, I want to tell you uh, a little joke I heard. Um, there's a, a wife, she was uh, making breakfast and stuff, and then uh, she went into her husband's room to wake him up for church. And so she said, honey, honey, it's time to get up to go to church. And he was like, ah. She says, come on, you got you to gotta hurry, we got to go. So he says, I don't want to go to church today. So she's like, what? You want to go to church today? He says, yeah, I don't want to go. So she said, why? She said, well, you know, every time I go to church, I feel like, like people are judging me. I feel like every eye is on me when I go. I feel all the time like people don't even like me. I don't like them. She just said, I, I just, I don't want, I don't want to go to church. I, you know, I, I just don't want to go to church. She said, but baby, I have to go to church. She said, give me one good reason why I have to go to church. You're the pastor. <laughs> How many glad that's not the church we go to? Amen. Amen. That's not the church we go to. I'm so glad because next week is Value the Visionaries. Come on, let's put our hands together. I'm so excited. And um and and you know we're valuing the visionaries because we don't have a pastor who's like that, <laughs> who thinks that um, the people don't like him and he don't like them. But as we value the visionaries next week, um, we use that time to honor the pastors for the vision they've been faithful to, and how that has impacted our lives. Um, and as we give to our pastors, one of the things I realize is that a lot of us don't know how to receive from our pastors. We don't know how to receive from our pastors. And um, I, I realize receiving sometimes is tough for, for many people. I mean, have you ever met anyone who has a hard time receiving a compliment, receiving advice, Receiving help. Now, receiving is different than taking. Okay? Receiving is different than taking. Taking is when you feel like the person is obligated to give you what you got. Receiving is when you're thankful for what you've gotten from the person. And a lot of times, we don't know how to receive from our pastors. And so today, I want to give you three ways in which to receive from your pastors. Tell the person beside you, receive from your pastors. Amen. So we're going to start off, our first way of receiving from our pastors is to follow them. Follow them. Um, 
the Bible says, when you look throughout the Bible, God has made us so that we can follow principles, patterns, and people. And two of the, the, the things that we see throughout the Bible, the principles and patterns when it comes to following people, has to do with that of mentorship over and over again. If you look at the Bible, you will see that Timothy followed Paul. And Joshua followed Moses. And Elisha followed Elijah. And the disciples followed Jesus. And almost every great achiever, if you think of it throughout history, today, you look throughout the Bible, every great leader and achiever can point to a mentor or mentors that help them towards their success. In fact, Pastor Eben always says this, if there was a shortcut to success, it's through mentorship. If there's a shortcut to success, it's through mentorship. Why? Because mentorship creates the, the, the wisdom, the advice, the direction, and causes you to go around obstacles that the other person has already met in their life. You don't have to do what they did to get where they got. They can give you some shortcuts. They can give you some bridges. They can give you some ways to go around some of the struggles that you would normally go, go into if it were for you to do it by yourself. A lot of times I'll hear this. As, you know, Somebody say, hey, I'm getting married. And I'm like, well, did you do any marriage counseling? Ah, marriage counseling? Why you need that? What? Are you crazy? You're about to make the biggest decision of your life and you have no advice? I hear people who do this. Man, well, this is my fourth marriage. I know what I need to know by now. Are you? What? <laughs> you know the reason why this is number four? Because you didn't do any mentorship before. You didn't get any help. You didn't get any direction. Mentorship is crucial for success. And one of the things that we need to recognize as we're coming to this church is that our pastors are our mentors. Mm-hmm. If you want to receive from your pastors, the first step you've got to do is follow them. You've got to see them as mentors in your life. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says this. It says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. The word follow oftentimes in the Bible is translated imitate. Imitate. So when Jesus called the disciples and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, he wasn't just saying, hey, walk behind me. What he was also saying to them is, imitate me. Become like me. He said the whole idea of discipleship was, whatever my teacher does, I should be able to do. And so when Jesus called them, the reason why they left their nets all of a sudden is because they saw him do some big things. He had just come out of their boat and they just caught a huge amount of fish when they had been fishing all night and caught nothing. Then he says, follow me. And they go, man, I'm going to do that for the fish. Imitate your leaders who through faith and patience inherit the promise. In other words, whatever you see Pastor Eben do, whatever you see Pastor Sarah do, you can do. Hmm. That's huge. That's huge. Now that's a heavy responsibility on them as pastors though. Because they have to live in such a way that is worthy for us to follow. 
So they can't be like some parents. I know, like in, in, in Jamaica, I don't know if you say it here exactly the same way, but in Jamaica we say, do as I say, not as I, oh, you say it here too? Do as I say, not as I do. You can't say that if you're a mentor. You can't say that if you're a mentor. If you're a mentor, you have to say, do as I say and do as I do. And that's why some of you don't want to leave the body because you don't want them to do what you do. Amen? Would you lead a true group? Oh no, no, Pastor Che, not me. No, no, you don't understand. You don't know what I've done. You don't want anybody following me. Pastor Ben Pastor says, you know what? Follow me. Follow me. And whatever you see me do, I'm telling you, you can do. Because I'm following That's right. I'm following Christ. Amen. If, if God called you here, if God called you to this church, there is something He's deposited inside of your pastors for you to receive. And that begins by imitating them. That begins by following them. That begins by going hard after them. Listen to me. Uh, Pastor Evan says this again. Here's another Pastor Evan quote. It says, he says, duplicated efforts produce similar results or rewards. Duplicated efforts produce similar rewards. In other words, if there's a reward you see in their life that you want, I'm telling you that reward is based on their actions, their attitudes, and the application of God's word in their life. And if you want the same reward, you have to do what they do. Am I helping somebody this morning? Um, Scripture, Hebrews 13, verse 7. Love this. Here's what it says. Remember those who rule, rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you. Watch this. Whose faith do what? Follow. Why? Considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, here's, here's what he's saying. Imitate their faith because you have seen the outcome of what their faith has produced. And so, here's, here's a way that, that you remember them. You imitate them in order to get the same results. Oh, I like it too, Pastor. I like it too. <laughs> and this is what Jesus... So Jesus walks on the shore. He sees the disciples. And he says these words to them. He says, follow me and I will... Catch this next word. Make you. I will make you fishes of men. Whomever you follow is going to make you into something. So you have to be careful who you're following. I think you should give the Lord a hand clap for that right there. Amen. All right, here's number two. First thing, follow them. Second thing, honor them. Honor them. All right, so what does that mean? Because if I'm going to receive from them, I have to honor them. Honor means to regard with great respect. Honor has to do with perspective. Perspective. In all words, honor is in the eye of the beholder. Honor is in the eye of the beholder. It's how you see the person. Because here's a truth. Your pastors may not be perfect, but they're perfect for you. Amen. I tell my wife that all the time. Babe, you're not perfect, but you're perfect for me. And she's not sure how to take that. (laughs) 
she kind of struggles. Like, is that a compliment or is that, you know, she don't, she don't know how to say that. But, but here's the thing. How you see them determines how you receive from them. How you see them determines how you receive from them. I learned this from Pastor Sarah. She was talking about Jesus as he went to uh, the Samaritan woman. You remember that? She, she preached this some time ago and she said, you know what, when Jesus was passing through Samaria, Samaria, he stopped by the well, he started talking to this woman. And he said to her, hey, give me some water to drink. And she said this, here's what she said to this. She said, how is it you, a Jew, is asking me, a Samaritan woman, for water? And so the Samaritan woman starts off by seeing Jesus based on his culture, based on his background, based on his citizenship. based on. So she just saw him as a Jew, just one of them, one of those people. This is, uh, then she goes on, he says to her, and this is so crucial, he says to her, if you knew the gift of God. So now he starts to change her mind. He says, well, I'm not just a Jew, I'm the gift of God. If you knew the gift of God. And who it was who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And so now she moves from this idea of Jew and she says, sir, sir, now there's a respect. All of a sudden you're not just one of those Jews because the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. And so she was kind of brushing him off. But now she's like, sir, you got my attention. Man, I, get, I don't see you with any vessel. How are you going to give me that living water? I want some of that living water. And so he said, well, tell you what, before I give you this living water, why don't you go call your husband? And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right. You have five. And the one that you're living with is not yours. Then she says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. No, duh. (laughs) You better believe that's prophetic right there. But watch it. She moves now from Jew to sir to prophet. And all of a sudden, here's what she does in response. Because every time she changes her perspective of him, she starts a different kind of conversation with him. Are you with me? So she says, you're a prophet. Seeing that you're a prophet, let me ask you something. Man, we worship here. The Jews worship there. Give me. Now she's asking him for some advice from God because you're prophetic. You should know. And he says to her, well, let me tell you something. There's a time coming. Well, you need to worship there nor here. But those who worship the Lord will worship Him in spirit and in truth. All of a sudden she goes, wait a minute. This guy isn't just a prophet. He said, she says, um, you know, the Messiah is supposed... All of a sudden she goes, could this be the Messiah? What's happening? How you perceive the person starts to impact the way you draw from the person. If you see someone as just your friend, you'll never ask him for wisdom beyond your ability because he don't got none. If you see the person as a prophet, then you will start to ask questions that draws that prophetic gift. In fact, the Bible says that, that deep in a man's heart, there is, there is deep resources within a man's heart, but a man of wisdom draws it out of him. If you can perceive your pastors right, you will draw out of them the thing that you need for your life. That's why you're in this church. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that two hand clap right there. That, that was really good. That was really good. You know, my wife... Um, some of you notice, and some of you might laugh at this. When my wife is at church with me, she calls me pastor all the time. 
And she said, Pastor Che, hey, Pastor Che, can we, can we talk? <laughs> you know, and she said, and when you talk to her, you say, hey, you know what? Um, man, I need some advice. Oh, go and talk to Pastor Che. She always calls me Pastor Che. But when we go, get home, I know some of you don't know this, but when we get home, she don't call me Pastor Che. No. Guess why? Guess why? Yeah. She, there's a certain anointing she needs when I'm at church. But there's a different anointing when we get home. Come on now. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. She come no pastor. She no, 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 no. No, that stays right here. Why? Let me tell you something. No, listen, listen. How she perceives me is what she gets from me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right. So guess what? Her title of me changes depending on the circumstance of what she needs. She perceives me differently based on, my kids don't call me pastor, Che. my kids call me daddy. They don't need no pastor, they need a daddy. And so when they call daddy, guess what? The daddy anointing rises up. They get the daddy from me. And so it is how you perceive uh, uh, determines what you receive. How you perceive determines what you receive. And there are two ways you can perceive your pastors. You can see them as your preachers, or you can see them as your pastors. You can see them as your preachers, or you can see them as your pastors. First uh, Corinthians 4, verse 15. This is Paul speaking, and Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church. He says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors or preachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, watch how he connects this. Imitate me. So we're connecting it back to the follow. Watch this. This is so crucial. You are never designed to follow a preacher. Uh, It's going to take some time for this to sink. You are never designed to follow a preacher because a preacher can feed you, but they can't lead you. See, a pastor's role is to feed and to lead. And some people want the feeding without the leading. Some people would rather have a cheerleader than a coach. But there's no one who ever won the Super Bowl who said, man, I just want to thank the cheerleaders. Nobody. No one thanks the cheerleaders. Because the cheerleaders, even though they're great, oh, you can do it. Yes, 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 yes. All they can do, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Go Hercules. Go Hercules, right? You know, you do all that stuff. You don't make no difference. It's the coach. The coach who tells you, man, you're doing the wrong thing. The coach who says, what, what, what were you thinking when you did that? Talk to me. Let me, let's talk through this. It's the coach that makes the difference in your life. And preachers aren't coaches because they aren't close enough to coach. They're not close enough to coach. Are you with me? The preacher ain't going to see in your life. Oh, there we go. Praise the Lord. (laughs) The devil didn't watch to hear that one. (laughs) When you view the person as a preacher, 
If you view your pastor as a preacher, you give them permission to feed you, but not to lead you. But if you view them as your pastor, then you say, Pastor, guess what? I'm open to be led by you. Uh, we're talking about leading. I'm talking about four things really. And um, in Second Corinthians 3 verse 16, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says to Timothy, Timothy, let me t- the- Timothy's a young pastor, so he's helping him out. And he says, Timothy, look, there's some uh, leadership responsibilities you have. And, and the word of God really contains everything you need to lead. And so he breaks down how he can use the word to lead. Here's what he says. He says, uh, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, watch this, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In other words, here, here's what teaching, uh, leading looks like. Leading looks like teaching, which means what to believe. Right? When Pastor Evan comes up here and he says, listen, uh, the Word of God says that you know, the, you'll be blessed now and in the life to come with persecution. He's talking about that. He's teaching you what to believe. Right? Uh, rebuking is the flip side of that. Rebuking is what not to believe. Because a lot of us, all of us, come in with all kinds of thinking that's wrong. Amen. Amen. And so that's why part of what he's talking about when he spoke this morning, let's say he used again and he says, look, you know what? Some of you are afraid of persecution. Here's the deal. Fear is part of the belief system that you got to get rid of. So he can't just tell you, hey, you know what? Believe God for more. Now he has to tell you what you need to stop believing. And part of stop believing is stop believing that everybody's opinion means more to you than what God's opinion is of you. So you got to change your thinking. Here's the other one. Uh, this one we don't like. Uh, correcting. Mm, yeah. Huh. Correcting. How not to behave. Ah, here's, here's the deal with correcting. Why correcting is tough. Because you can tell me what you believe. And you can trick me. And all kinds of things with your belief. But when I see your behavior, you can't trick me with that. And a a, a pastor's role, a leader's role, a coach's role, a mentor's role, when if we're talking about honoring them, we have to be open to receiving correction. Man, how you spoke to your wife was wrong. Ooh. And you don't you don't stay out till two o'clock in the morning and then just walk in. No, you don't do that. Yeah. You see, we don't want man, you don't put you don't put a password on your phone that your spouse can't get into. Come on now. Oh Lord. I'm just, I'm just telling you some stuff that some people do, okay? I'm not saying you. <laughs> so that's, that's how not to behave. And then training is how to behave. How to look more like Christ. How to walk right. How to live a life of integrity. How to do things in excellence. You see, that's how to behave. The thing is that being led isn't always comfortable, but it's always profitable. Being led isn't always comfortable, but it's always profitable. Sometimes the sheep does not want to lie down in grieved pastures. Sometimes the sheep does not want to stop still beside the still waters. Sometimes the sheep does not want to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But there is a leader, he's a shepherd, he's a pastor, and he's going to lead you where you need to go. And so Hebrews 12 says this, I like this. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. 
Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. When we don't view our pastors correctly, we aren't able to receive from them what God has given them for us. Mm. Um, this, this situation happened in the life of Jesus. So, Jesus, in Matthew 13, comes into his hometown and he begins preaching to the people in the synagogue. Pastor referred to this scripture earlier. They were amazed and they said, where did this man get all of these amazing things? Where did all these miracles come from? They said, um, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took, here's the word, offense to him. Their perception of him changed. They were offended. You cannot receive from someone you're offended by. You cannot receive from someone you're offended by. And sometimes when we see things in people's life, even though it has nothing to do with us, we still take offense. Man, what Jesus was doing had nothing to do with them, but they were taking offense. Sometimes someone get blessed and you take offense. You know what? You can see someone get blessed and you can either envy, admire, or pursue it. Well, that's good right there. I think I like that. Your response... To someone else, someone else's great marriage. And I'm talking about, let, let, let me just, let's point it back to our pastor. So, uh, you see something in our pastor's life. You can either envy it. Man, he has a great marriage and I got divorced and I just can't stand people who have great marriages. Okay, so you could do that, right? You can either get uh, envious of it. You can admire it. Wow, man, he has such a great marriage. Why? You know, that's awesome. Or you can pursue it. You know what, pastor? How do you have such a great marriage? Are you see the difference? Because if you see something in him that you want, don't envy, don't just admire, pursue, pull on it. That's how you do it. But some of us don't want to do that because it means correcting our own behavior. So don't want to ask that question. But how do you do that? Because we're going, oh, that means you might tell me something I don't want to do. And I don't want to do that. And so Jesus... He does all this thing. And here's what happened next. It says this. Um, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, now here's the thing. It's not so much their lack of faith in God. It was their lack of faith in Him. Most people who receive stuff from Jesus didn't even see it as, Oh, Jesus, can you pray to God for me? They had faith in Him. They said, Son of God, help me. This one woman, she was pressing through. She said, If I could just touch Him. Their faith was in. He was saying, Look, these guys don't even believe in me. How can I do any miracles here? I'm not even going to do anything. Listen, if you have the wrong perspective, then you won't get what He has for you. Amen. (laughs) 
uh, tell you one, one more story real quick. Uh, so Jesus walks into this guy's house. His name is Simon. Some, some people say Simon the leper. Some gospel say Simon the leper. Some say Simon the Pharisee. So I figure it was a Pharisee who had leprosy who then, I don't know, something like that. But anyway, so Simon, he goes to Simon's house and he's sitting there and this lady with this alabaster box of oil. You know the story, right? She breaks the alabaster box, right? And she starts to wash his feet. And Simon says to himself, if this man were really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is washing his feet. I mean, that's kind of strange. This woman is washing his feet. That's, that's a strange already. But now Simon is even saying, hey, obviously he doesn't know. He's not. But to show that he's a prophet, Jesus starts to talk to Simon. Jesus hasn't even heard Simon speak. Simon says it to himself. And Jesus says, hey Simon, let me tell you something. I have a riddle for you, a little parable. Hey, if somebody you know, owes a thousand dollars, gets forgiven, not a person owes ten thousand dollars, gets forgiven, who will love more? He says, I suppose the one with ten thousand dollars. He says, Simon, you have rightly spoken. Since I came here, you did not greet me with a kiss. Yet this woman has not stopped kissing me. So you did not give me water to wash my feet. Yet this woman has been washing my feet with her tears. You did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has not stopped with her oil since I've been here. Simon, Simon, Simon. Oh my gosh. She loves a lot because there's a whole lot for her to be forgiven. So lady, I forgive you. That's so powerful. Here's what, here's what Jesus would say. Simon, you see me as your preacher. Oh, come on. You see me as your preacher. So uh, you just had me here so you could, you know, just ask some questions and get a, a sermon for me. But this woman wanted to draw her. She needed something from me and she invested so she could receive. She needed forgiveness and she got it. She got it. She got it. Honor unlocks the anointing on God's servant to work on your behalf. Man, if you see them right, if you see them right, the reason why God has you here will become unlocked and you'll start to receive what it is that they have for you. You know, the anointing flows from the head, right? Oh, that's a whole sermon right there the anointing flows from the head so you've got to get up under the head to receive the anointing alright so we, we want to follow them want to honor them here's the last thing put a demand on them put a demand on them can I take five more minutes put a demand on them listen uh, pastor didn't, didn't tell me to preach this part because, well, he didn't tell me to preach any part, but this part is going to be hard right here. Put a demand on them. God has given a gift to this church. And we can look at that gift and not take advantage of it. Hmm. And there are people here, you're in marital trouble. You're in financial trouble, you're in business trouble, you're in legal trouble, you're in all kinds of trouble, but you've never reached out to the pastors. Hmm. Talk to them. 
You've never reached out to the pastors. You're in the middle of making a life-changing decision and you're lost right now and you don't know what to do and you don't bother to, you don't want to bother the pastors. Oh, pastor's so busy. Oh, pastor's doing it. Oh, pastor. Oh, no. I'm not going to, I don't know him that well. I don't know. You're doing all kinds of excuses because a part of your problem is you don't know how to receive. You don't know how to receive. Oh man, listen, if anyone came to you with their trouble, you'd be fine to help them. But you don't know how to receive it for yourself. But, these are the gifts of the Lord that He has given to this church. Therefore, there's an answer in them for you. You know that woman with the issue of blood, you know what she said? She said, if I may only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. You know what she did? She put a demand on Jesus' healing. She pressed through that crowd and touched him. And when she touched him, instantly, she was made whole because she put a demand on it. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, somebody touched me. Peter's like, um, we all be touching you, man. <laughs> we all touching you. We all rubbing up against you. What you? He said, yeah, you're 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 rubbing up against me. But somebody put a demand on the gift inside of me. It's a it's a different kind of touch because you can be a wrong pastor and never take advantage of it. Just because you're standing beside him doesn't mean that you've Pulled, made a demand on the gifting inside of him. You can be close and he don't know what's going on in your life. Because you're there, but you're not touching. Are you hearing me? This is serious. You can walk up in that prayer line every week and never tell exactly what's going on. You can be around people say, Hi pastor, hug him all the time and never know what's going on. Because you're not ready to receive. You say, but pastor, there are so many of us. And so two of them. (laughs) But that's why they've employed and empowered other pastors. And other staff members. And other counselors. And small group leaders. And ministry leaders. And people all around. Listen to me. We are all extensions of the pastors. We're... (laughs) We're all extensions of the pastors. A demand on us is a demand on them. A demand on us is a demand on them. That's why Jesus, you know, the, the, the Lord said to Moses, Moses, listen, I'm going to take the same spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on 70 others. And that way, people don't have to come to you to receive from me. They can pull on somebody who is extend, an extension of you. The pastor mentioned uh, Brother Tony's funeral this week. And, you know, pastor wanted to be there. Pastor wanted to be there. But they, they had this engagement and they had to go to Houston and everything else. And as I was standing at that funeral and just looking at everything, you saw everybody working, serving, honoring, blessing. You know, uh, Lisa, you know, was just, just organizing everything. You know, I spoke on in, in place of pastor, but 
then you had Pastor Chad who was there with the kids and Pastor Jason was, you know, chauffeur <laughs> doing all sorts of other logistical stuff, right? Um, Pastor Polo was there and, and then, you know, leaders like Kim Bobo and, and her team and she put a team together and then there's a team that served food and there's a, a team that, and there were all these people, all these people who spoke. Oh my gosh. Man, we had people from Word of Truth that they spoke and they spoke so well, so highly of Tony. And all of that took place. And even though pastor wasn't there physically, he was there. He was there. And so for us, we have a role to play. It's, it's one thing for them to lead. It's another thing for us to follow. It's one thing for them to lead. It's another thing for us to follow. So, three ways to receive from our pastors. Follow, honor, and demand. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Amen. I want you to think of something as we get ready to close here. Next week, we come to bless our pastors. I want this question to be in your head this week as you pray about that. What is on Pastor Eben and Pastor Sarah that I need to receive? What is in them, on them, about them? What have they achieved, done? What is the thing that I need to receive why God has put me to be a part of this church. And before you give next week, I want you to answer that question. I want you to think that through. Because when you do, I want you to start placing a demand on it. Praying about it. Praying for an opportunity to either interact with them directly or with an extension of them through us as staff or ministry leaders or group leaders and be able to tap into what is that thing that I believe that God wants to do in my life that I see clearly in my pastors. And I believe God for an increase of that thing. Believe God for an increase of that thing in your life. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, we never like to end a service without giving everyone, anyone.